G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of the Chew in the Bat podcast. My name is Jack and I'm very gladly joined here by one of our uh, biggest guests on the show. Regular casual. Casual, <laughs> casual regular. You're becoming part, part of the furniture now, mate. A um, little bit. Gus Bus away, producer Frey away. Um, I think producer Frey's overseas still, uh, embarking on his uh, overseas journeys with his missus. Miss Birrell. Miss Birrell and Gus Bus is in Alice Springs. So <laughs> the boys are yeah. away. Uh, Swizzle, how you going? Good, good. I would think this would be the earliest podcast this <laughs> show has ever there. done, surely, right? Set me alarm for 5.30am. <laughs> Doesn't seem right for a podcast. But, but it is good that we've got the US Open on in front of us here. It is very good. Um, in the midst of a Medvedev-Rublev battle. Um, speaking of which, we've got pretty... Exciting and big news on the tennis front, mm. which doesn't include the US Open. Mm. We'll get to it at the end of the uh, pod. But we're going to kick things off. Obviously, we're in the midst of the semis and quarters on the both women's and the men's side of the US Open draw. So, let's kick things off. It's been pretty exciting. It's been pretty all over the shop on the women's it has, side. It has been. I, I think last time I was on, before the US Open, I was kind of saying I expected it to be a mi- bit of a mixed bag. It has been. It has been. A bit of a few weird results. Yeah, you picked it right. Um, especially on the women's side. Yes, yes. Especially on the women's side. We've obviously still got the, the, the likes of Sabalenka and Coco. I think Coco in the semis. Mm-hmm. Sabalenka still... Coco in the semis. Oh, Sabalenka just winning her quarterfinal. Correct. Um, hopefully, they're probably looking hot favourites to meet each other in the final. Yeah, but then you got also Von Drosova, who's playing Keys. Von Drosova, Wimbledon champion. Keys, ex US Open finalists. That's tough. Like, both tough. Keys has played a couple of good matches. I don't know. I don't know which way it's going to go. I'm, I'm really open because I don't think any of these girls have won a slam before outside of Vondrosova, right? That is true. And I, I think there's just some, something in the air at this US Open with Coco. Yeah. Yeah. You she's kind of coming into her own a little bit, isn't she? Still obviously really young, looking for that first Grand Slam. How old is she? I'm just looking her up here. I think 18, She's been 19. around for years. It's because she jumped on tour at 14. <laughs> <laughs> She's been on tour longer than most people will ever have on tour. Birthday is 13th of March, yeah, 2004. She's, she's still a teenager. She's 19. <laughs> it's quite incredible, isn't it? <laughs> um, Number six in the world for both singles and doubles. At 19 years old. Yeah, of, uh, of course, and she's still in the doubles draw at the US yeah, Open as well. Yeah. So Her and Pagula playing currently now. You know, shout out to Coco for not pulling out of the doubles. Yeah. A lot of players in that situation, especially on the men's side. Well, Von Drusifer pulled out of the doubles. For other reasons. For other reasons. <laughs> Balls are too quick. Balls are too heavy. Heavy. Is heavy. That right? that's, that's the issue. So players are complaining. I don't know if anyone's heard about this, but yeah, players so- are complaining about the... Uh, the weight of the balls and the uh, the injuries that it's that it's causing in the locker room. Um, comments of never seen as many shoulder and elbow injuries. Oh, a few weak rotator cuffs <laughs> yeah. lurking around the tour. <laughs> Someone's not doing much of their rehab. Um, but yeah, shout out to Coco for not not pulling out of the doubles. Mm. It's good to see. Um, but it's also good to see a player of her caliber 
looking to play doubles and hunting for the doubles because I feel a lot of those singles players or late in the tournament, doubles isn't too much of a priority. Oh, for sure. And, you know, being what, num- did you say number six in the world for number doubles? Number six in the world for doubles. So you I mean, gonna... she's a title contender at six in the world. Both sides of the draw. It's unbelievable. Could be looking for, you know, a, a Dublé, a Michael Dublé. It's been a long time since we've had a we'll singles to... and doubles champion. We'll have to fact check that one. I'm thinking maybe a, a Venus Williams of sorts. Oh, would be actually, I reckon. Mm. One of the Williams sisters. Um, anyway, so we've got Sabalenka through to the semis. Uh, Madison Keys, another. How good are the Americans going? Yeah, home slam, bit of energy. The crowd gets around them to women's side. Big Coco, obviously playing doubles too with Jess Pagula, and um, Madison Keys still in on the men's side. We've had. Hold on, before we go, men's Mucheva as well, hunting. Yep, she's through to the semis. So, so it'll be Goff Mucheva in semi number one, and then Sabalenka against either Vondrusheva or Keys. So, it's pretty big time. It is big time. Big hitters. Big hitters. Well, I feel like the US Open favours the big hitters. Yeah, with these balls as well being heavy rockets. coming through the court. Yeah. Absolute rockets. So um, I think that's where Keys has found a bit of success. So, yeah, pretty interesting times and exciting times on the women's side of the draw. Um, Ons Jabur losing. Yeah. Yeah, losing to, uh, oh, who was it? I looked at it before. I think it was uh, uh, Quinn, Quinn Wenzeng. Quinn Wenzeng. Yeah, who ended up losing to Sabalenka. Mm. Tough one playing Sabalenka Tough in Sabalenka. these conditions. Um, but a little little shout out to uh, Ostapenko, taking out the number one seed and favourite ta- title. Taking out Eager. Quite handy too. <laughs> yeah, and then getting absolutely smoked <laughs> by Coco. Railed by Coco. <laughs> Oh, that's too good. That's typical, um, hey? Beat the world number one and then get smoked in the hap- next round. Happens a lot. It does. Happens it does. a lot, especially on the first round upsets. Um, moving on to the men's side. Just as exciting. Obviously, with the Americans, we've had, we had Shelton beat Tiafo yesterday. Yeah, that was massive. Dude can serve. Match. Unbelievable match. Highest, the fastest uh, current serve at the US Open. Yeah. I think something ridiculous, like 147, 150 miles an hour. Yeah, that's insane. I don't know what that comes across to in um, in kilometres. Well, it's so quick that I've seen some guys try and return it. Well, he's, he hits aces with the ball only being two racket lengths away from the player. Well, that's insane. You don't even have to hit the line. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> so, oh, man, that must be nice. But dude is serving cannons, and with these balls and these courts... Looking good. Yeah, so he had a great, great win in the quarterfinals over Tiafo, who, which I thought Shelton was going to come a bit undone there. Said all. Yeah, very. Yeah, I kind of kept expecting Tiafo to kick and a very up and down third set. The first up to three all in the third set, there were no holds of serve. Mm. Break, 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 break. Mm. It's all three all. There was a hold, more breaks to come. Got to a tie break. Shelton was up six five in the third set tie break serving. Uh, f- f- like first serve miss bombed a second miss double fault <laughs> on set point six all walks up to the line does it again double fault oh wow camera goes straight to his dad in the box <laughs> shaking the head <laughs> um, Tiafo, with, that, with that serve you'd just be like I just gotta put it in the court Tiafo then had obviously a set point 
and missed his first serve and rolled a second serve in. And Shelton was about 10 metres behind the baseline, skipped around it and hit the biggest slap forehand winner I've ever seen on tour. Must be nice when you're free, no pressure. <laughs> like you've, yeah. you're having the best tournament of your life. Hitting, hitting the corner of the baseline and the singles line. <laughs> so That is massive. Yeah, the guy's but got I, some serious balls. Yeah, but I like that. Like, you know, he's got that wild, he's, he's prepared to swing, he can hit big, he can hit players off the court. It's good to watch. It's great to watch. I love love the energy of the young guy coming out of the NCAAs, the college the college route. Um, there's a few, few do, players. Do you, do you like the energy from Shelton? A lot of people think it's a bit too much. Oh, really? No, I'm a big yeah. fan. Especially at the US Open night session. Crowd, what we crowd need. getting behind crowd getting him. around at US Open crowd. I think it's cool. Yeah, it's pretty it's, good. Uh, like, you know, we've got all the the top players. We've had Roger Raffa and Novak who are all kind of like fairly subdued. And yeah, yeah, exactly. So mm. it's nice to see this next gen. Nick Curious has got a bit of that as well, which I'm a big fan of. Yep. Um, but we've got a few other matches happening as well. We've got Djokovic taking on Fritz, who uh, he handled him quite comfy. To be honest, oh, that was a bloodbath. It was, yeah, Fritz, especially that first set. Fritz I think that about, really set the tone of the match. Yeah, Fritz had about two or three games where he pushed Jocko in the third set, breaking him, and then couldn't sustain it. No, it's just a different level. I I think it's just fitness. Like watching watching these boys play. Oh, it's got they're struggling. This this stage of the year, mm. they've got a lot of tennis in their legs. And Jocko looks <laughs> looks good. Looks very good. <laughs> looks very good. In terms of fitness, you'd say Jocko Alcaraz. Jocko Alcaraz. You know, I mean, in saying that, Zverev has been playing very good tennis. That's going to be a tough matchup. That's going to be a very tough matchup. A little bit later on this morning for us. Um, a little bit later on this morning. Sorry, this evening for the US guys. Tommy Gadecki entering the building. Tips for the US Open winner, just quickly. Novak. Novak. Oh, classic. <laughs> Safe bet. Safe bet. Not <laughs> going out of limit at all there. Um. Yeah, so we've got we've got the Shelton Jocko matchup. Shelton Jocko matchup. Uh, can he push Jock? Well, it's a great matchup of styles. I mean, the greatest returner of all time against one of the best servers of this, I'd say, this generation currently. This next guy's coming through. He's and one of, the, the, biggest one of the biggest hitters. But you know, this is where it's so tough in Grand Slams, right? Like Shelton's got to do it for for three sets. Yeah, he's got to play lights out. Mm. It's best tennis of his life for three sets. For three sets. Yeah, whilst you know. Focusing on the physical battle. Yeah. And you think if that happens, it's going to go to five. Yes, agree, agree. And then who are you going to favour over five? Oh, you got to go Novak, right? <laughs> yeah. Tommy's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but there are a few... I mean, the other interesting matchup for me is Alcaraz-Zverev. I, I really like Alcaraz, but I, I honestly don't know if he can take Zverev. Zverev's been playing really strong tennis. He's been really solid. He's Fit as a fiddle. hungry. Fit as a fiddle. Mate, after doing his ankle in um, Roland Garros a couple yep. of years back against Rafa, he, I was watching that match, and he afterwards said, I legitimately felt like I was on top and I had a real good shot at beating Rafa at the French. I 100% agree. Yes. And I think he's come in here. He's kind of fit again. He's playing good tennis. He's confident. He hasn't got that, the yips on the serve yeah. anymore. I he did see it a couple of times, though. Yeah, <laughs> whenever it comes up. <laughs> um, and then we got Medvedev and Rublev, who's currently on court. Well, and, he, uh, on his on Zverev's on-court interview after beating Sinner in an epic five sets, mm. he called it, one of, like, he called it hands down, his, the best win of his career. Best win of his career? Yep. 
Wow. Best moment and best win of his career. That's pretty big. Yeah, that's a massive call. And obviously, massive five-set match, getting through it. I think coming back from the injury being a big part of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, best win of his career. And Sinner was probably a, a shout for title contender. I mean, he was my dark horse. Yeah. He was, I, was, I really was back in Sinner. But I think the... Uh, the weight of these balls and the way these boys have been playing too, it's just been tough. Very, very tough. And then a uh, little bit of doubles action. I'm a big fan of the doubles. <laughs> so we need to go through the doubles because uh, what, what I, we've got an Aussie in the doubles. We semi. do have an Aussie in the doubles. He's Matt Abden playing with um, Bapana. Yeah. Who I think, and I'm not 100% sure, would be the oldest guy in the draw because there's, what is he, 1980. Mate, is oh, he over 50? No, no, 40. 40, okay. That's <laughs> my poor maths. 43, in the that's morning. an easy 43. one too, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Bopana, one of the all-time doubles players. I'd like to um, go through the semi-finalists and get the average age because... Well, we got 40. We got 87. So what's that? Oh, this is too much. That's to too much. But you've got to be thinking like mid, mid to late 30s into 40s. Yeah. So... These these guys getting around playing some some crafty doubles, uh, extending their careers pretty pretty well. Yeah, agree. Obviously, you see the likes of some younger singles players every now and then play team up and play the the bigger play a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Whether that's for a bit of atmos and a bit of fun, or to pick up a bit a bit more extra cash, mm. I'm not too sure. But yeah, if you if you're a half handy tennis player, not doing so well on the singles circuit. There's money and a legitimate career in doubles. Absolutely. And traveling with... And a longer career, too. Lo- you might not be earning as much per match. Better on the body. Much better on the body. Yep. You're not broken after 20 years of stopping on a dime. That's why I get my best res- uh, success, mate, because I'm covering <laughs> half a court. <laughs> you and me both, mate. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes only covering one third. <laughs> mate, that's why I love playing with you. I just sit in the corner and you do the rest. Well, that's why I don't like playing <laughs> with you. <laughs> um, but then we go... So we got Bopana Ebden against Mahu Herbert. Um, Mahu Herbert, my favourite all-time doubles team, <laughs> up against great. the last Aussie in the draw. Very good. Um, Very good singles plays in there, right, as oh, well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, then we also got Ram Salisbury. Strong, solid team. Great Ram, pairing. one of the old dogs. Always a final contender. And then Dodig and Kracek as well. Kracek. I can't say the name. They're quite. They're top. But again... They're one and two in the world. Uh, two and three they're in the two world, in, I think. Both two in the world. Oh, they're yeah. the second, second seeds, at least. Um, strong doubles, strong doubles to finish it off. Jack, who's your pick there? You going? Gee, I I love the Salisbury. Um, you like the Salisbury Ram, Ram, Ram combo? I love watching them play. I love watching them play because Ram, Ram's got that kind of smooth, kind of old school, does. old style where he just kind of pokes the ball around, and Salisbury's a bit more up in your face, which is yeah, yeah it's a good combo. My uh, my my pick's gonna be Herbert and Mahu. Oh, <laughs> I have to. <laughs> I don't know how many more slams they got left that's in. That's because you want to see it. Oh, I'd love one more. That's I'd like, love one more. Sound, you sound like me wishing that Songer won a slam for 15 <laughs> years. Just on that, I do feel Jack Shelton's got a little bit of Songer about him. He's got a bit of everything about him. He's got a bit of Songer about him. He's got a bit of, I don't know, he's got a bit of flair. He's, he's, he does. He's got a bit of French about him. He does a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Combined with that college athlete, loud mentality. Yeah, I think that's where that energy comes from. Um, on the women's side in the doubles draw. Oh, as we mentioned, Coco and Pagula. Coco and Pagula. Currently on 
currently on court. Ooh, not looking great though. Okay. Set a piece and down four one. Well, that's a semi final though. That's a uh, quarter final. Quarter final, pretty quarter good. final. Girls are uh, one round behind the men. They're getting through the quarter finals today. We got a Canadian and New Zealand pair, Dabrowski and Rutliff, who just got through over Fernandez and Townsend. Good um, win for them. That's good for New Zealand. Very good for New Zealand. Don't see many players come through from New Zealand. No. Shout out to Michael Venus, doubles player. <laughs> That's true. Shout out to also Cameron Norrie. Cam Norrie. Ex-Kiwi. Is he an ex-Kiwi? Yeah. There you go. Yep. Um, and then on the other side of the draw, we've got Siegemund and Svonareva, who will be playing against Brady and Stefani in the semifinals. Jeez, I tell you, Brady would be... I remember watching her play against Birrell. Mm-hmm. Massive four. Yeah. Massive four. Good serve. So she would be an absolute weapon on the, on doubles, the, doubles, on the doubles court. Well, she was Oz Open finalist. She's a strong player. Very strong. Plays with a lot of shape. Yeah. Plays more like a guy, actually. Yeah. With, with the shape and heaviness. And I agree, especially off that forehand wing. Yep. Um, but yeah, on the women's side of things, I, I, I was going to hope that Coco and Pagula would win it. Just yeah. for a chance at the double-double. The double-double. Double. Uh, still a few matches to go, but it's also going to be tight. Plus, good prize money for the doubles. Agree. Uh, quarterfinal, all, all rounds, but quarterfinals onwards. That's you're looking at some serious, serious top losers ups. Get a hundred thousand dollars US. Pretty good. I'd take that. And then winners get seven hundred thousand. Runners up three hundred fifty thousand. I guess not bad. Is that's that split? I, I'm pretty sure that's split. Yeah. But pretty, still, that's pretty good. That's your year sorted. Oh, yeah. That's travel sorted. That's travel sorted. <laughs> <laughs> and Maybe. then, uh, quick one out to the uh, the mixed doubles, which, uh, cool little event. We've got a uh, big American showing in the mixed doubles this year. Shelton. Shelton and Townsend. They're still in? Yeah. Playing against Pagula and Krejcik. Who are the number one seeds? Pagula. Yeah. Doubles specialist. Hunting the, the doubles. Solid singles player too. Then on the other side of the draw, we've got Shibahara and Pavic against Danilina and Heliovara. I'm going to be honest, I haven't heard of a few of those names <laughs> on the other side of the draw there. That's why you're getting crickets from me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Americans... Looking like they're probably... Americans everywhere? Yeah, Americans everywhere. That's the semi-final lineup. This is the great thing about the mixed doubles, what I noticed about uh, Oz Open. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of uh, Australian wildcards in the event. Mm-hmm. Home crowd, everyone getting around it and providing a bit of energy for the locals to get through. And yeah. a lot of the Aussies at the Oz Open made it through pretty deep in the mixed doubles. Yeah, I agree. You know, with like three or four teams getting through to the quarters. So, same thing's happening here with the... Uh, with the Same. US Open. Crowd support helping out. Definitely, definitely. Now, uh, Jack, I do want to get a few, uh, your opinion on a few things. I'll go on. So, we mentioned the uh, the tennis balls. The tennis balls being heavy and rockets. causing more injuries, being big rockets. But then, for me as well, watching this tournament, it's fitness. Well, it looks like there's there's a bit of brizzy humidity about Flushing Meadows this year. yeah. Yeah, there always is, hey? Um, it's tough. Fitness, one big one I'd love to point out is who a second-round loser and arguably the most shredded guy on tour. Oh, uh, yeah. You know who I'm talking yeah, about? I know exactly who you're talking about. Martin, Fus- Martin Fuskovic. Fuskovic. 
being the most shredded and ripped guy on tour, you'd think you would think that he'd be up there in terms of fitness. He lost a rinky in the second round. Great shout out to Rinky oh, Jakarta. Mate, what yeah. a run. We'll talk yeah. about that in a moment. He lost a rinky. Easy straight sets, about a two, three, and a one or something. Didn't look threatening. Didn't had a, like, yeah, wasn't had, had a long had a long first round. I think five sets. Five setter. sets. Five sets. And the most shredded guy on tour could not come back couldn't for the back second up. round. Mm. Couldn't back it up. Mm. And chatting about this to a few guys at work, it's not the first time it's happened with Fuskovic as well. So probably some fitness concerns there for the most shredded guy on tour. Yeah, but I think he had, he does have a bit of a muscle mass about him, and I know that's a big thing. When you got that muscle mass, it's hard it's sometimes to back it up definitely. because you just got to you got so much more resources that you got to get Jocko, back into your body. Jocko, a perfect example of that. Of the of the opposite, yeah, yeah, not much to him. But yes, it's been, you know, we're watching Medvedev and Rublev at the moment. Rublev looks like he is struggling. <laughs> what was Medvedev's little? <laughs> someone's <laughs> gonna is, die. Someone's gonna die out here, and everyone's gonna see it. Um, we we saw it too, unbelievably, with uh, the demon losing to Medvedev, yeah, winning the first set, I looking mean, very good in the second, and just falling apart. Obviously, Medvedev stepped it up a bit. Yeah, I think. Um, he called for the asthma inhaler <laughs> after losing the first. That did wonders. Get the um, lungs working again. But yeah, someone with, you know, Medvedev called Demon one of the top top five fittest guys on tour, or most yeah. physical guys on tour. Yeah. And But then Demon after that match did say his legs went. That's right. Had no legs. Yeah. Medvedev's reply was good. Yeah. <laughs> what was the plan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's tough on these boys. Like, um, I mean, the girls as well. Late in the season, they've got tennis in their legs. Some too much, some just enough. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I think it's been a bit of a random result with this tournament. And like you said, the conditions, right? Usually, you, f- you think of the US swing, you think of fast, fast hard courts, quick balls, mm. as you said, with these new Wilson balls, rockets. Yeah. So, you're going to get some weird results with these conditions. 100%. Which I think is good. Very good. Very good. It's nice to see. However, you know, Jocko still after 20 years of playing on tour. Hungry, still hunting and fit, yeah. <laughs> quite, quite remarkable. Um, I think our previous predictions were Jocko. You had Jocko, yeah. You had Sinner. I had Sinner, so I'm dead wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I had Ravikina, wrong. And then... I think you said Sabalinka. I think I had Sabalinka. Who's she still in? Uh, she's still, still in. hunting. Still looking. Looking very good. Um... That's pretty much for current US Open news. It's been very exciting. Oh, one thing I do want to ask you too. We've seen a lot of, there's been uh, coaching allowed on court at this yes, US Open. Yes, yes. And you know, there's a big there's a big thing about, you know, should it, should it be allowed? Should it not? Should the players have to fend for themselves once they get out there? Is it just disruptive? But I think it's been, on the men's side I've seen that, you know, I think it's been quite good. Yeah. Um, so... In, in in the way that the coaching is, the coaches aren't allowed to come on court, yep. but there can be communication from player to the box in terms of tactics and what to do. Yeah. And we saw a lot of it from watching Shelton's last match against Tiafo. Shelton coached by his dad. They had a mic in the coach's box and you could hear a lot of things between points, what his dad was saying to Shelton to calm him down, to pump him up. Really simple and concise. And for for the tennis nut out there, and obviously the tennis coaches that are learning, it's it's really cool to see. I um 
I'm a bit of a purist, I guess, in that I do like that when players get out there by themselves, it's that gladiator mentality. Yeah. I love that about the sport because yeah. what other sport has that, really? Golf, but you've got a caddy in golf. Golf, you've got a caddy. There's, there's really no other sport where you don't have that input. Um, so I love that about tennis. But I really like, as a you know player and a coach, I love listening to the way that these players and coaches con- like communicate with oh, each definitely. other, what they're and, talking and, about. And I think that's why I like it. Not necessarily the, the coaching tactics, but just how they communicate with each other. Yeah, yeah, really in, gives in you a, a good insight. Moment. Yes, yeah. Like it was cool to see that at the um, the Labor Cup when all those players are getting mm. stuck into each other at change of ends. Yep. But to see it in a slam when it's serious and these boys are playing for real. Not so much of a fan when I think they were doing it on the WTA tour where where the the girls' coaches were allowed to come on court yeah. between games. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of that too yeah. much either. But the, the interaction mid-game between points with the box, I'm, I'm, I'm all here for. Mm. So. Yeah, big big fan of it as a uh, as a coach and player. Well, I think learning. it's just, and it's more entertaining. It's it's more interaction. You, you don't usually get to see the players interact with their coaches other than yelling at them. <laughs> yeah. You know, Jocko being berating them. <laughs> um the the idea is also that it's going to produce better tennis. Exactly. You know, yes. if, if you've got a player that's able to liaise with the coach and change yeah. tactics and, you know, play at a higher level, you're going to get better tennis, you're going to get better outcomes. Yeah. If everyone's doing it, all power to them. Absolutely. Um, uh, I, I personally, I would love to see it in the smaller tournaments, 1,000s, 500s, and 250s. A bit more. And leave the slams for no coaching. Okay, just from the box. Just from the box. Okay. Definitely, but a blanket rule, just no coaching on court. No coaching on court. Between games. Correct. Just a few moments here and there. Yeah. Because sometimes you probably wouldn't want to come on court. No. No. Or, you know... So that's, that's well, and I I felt that with the women as well. Um, when the coaches do come on court, sometimes I don't know if it was a good thing. Yeah, they come out and they lose the next five games in a row, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or they come out and have an argument on court. Well, of course, like you know, you've played matches where sometimes you'd want someone there to give you a bit of a boost, but then sometimes you you just think, no, I don't need anyone right now. Yeah. I just want to get on with my yeah. business. Um, that's the U.S. Open for now. Well, got- quickly though, Pagula Golf. Back to four all. In the third set. In the third set. Hunting, keeping the dream of the double alive. <laughs> I'd love to Come see on, it. Coco. <laughs> I'm all here for Coco. Absolutely. I think everyone is oh, at the moment. It's unreal. It's just like when the world gets around the Aussies when we play the Oz Open. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Anyway. Um, mate, we're f- moving away from the US Open. There's been some massive, massive news masked by the excitement of the tennis at the moment. Mm which we've a lot of the tennis community have missed. And it's the potential of a ATP and WTA merger. In the WATPA. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right or are you just making no, it up? No, I'm just making it up. But it, we can definitely work on it. A um, spitball. A few years ago, a lot of players called for this. Federer being one of them. Federer, yeah, three yeah. years ago. Said that there needs to be some union created to try and you know get the two... The two powerhouses together Djokovic um, also with his ATP ATPTA I think it is ATPA was he an advocate for it uh, he's well he started his own little um, players, players association I think that was kind of is to protect the players for the men's side or that's just for the men's side for the men's side yeah. but the idea being that he wanted to get women in there as well because it's not just the men who struggle with the prize money oh, down absolutely. low it's it's across the board it's men and it's women it's across the board um, 
So yeah, I believe at the end of this month, there's been speculation that the ATP boss, Andre Gaudenzi, Gaudenzi mm-hmm. and the WTA Steve Simon, plus a whole host of others, mm. other import VIPs, mm-hmm. the big dogs, are having a meeting at the end of the month in, in London re- in regards to the merger. And it, it doesn't come from player push, I don't think. No, uh, I don't and, think and so this, either. And it doesn't come from like Federer's comments or what Djokovic is doing, but what it's coming from is a bit of pressure from, of course, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, yeah. What the what the Saudis have done with the Live Tour and the situation they've created, I think the ATP and WTA have kind of looked at that and gone, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next we, in the we, We've got line. a monopoly currently. Yes. Um, um, well, you know, it's... it's a lot of positives and negatives from the from the golf side of things. Yeah, obviously creating a lot more money. Hundred percent. Probably more and new fans to the game. Yep. More of the younger kind of beer drinking. Yes. Side of uh, sport. Um, a lot of the players, been, especially on the PGA side of things, a lot of the players that went to live golf went for a lower, uh, a reduced schedule. Yeah. More money at the expense of not playing the big PGA tournaments. However, a couple of months ago, they announced that um, from the start of, from obviously a lot of pressure from the Saudis, Yeah. from next year onwards, the live players are able to re-sign and get their PGA cards. Oh, okay. So, obviously a lot of the PGA players that said no to the deal, been shot in the, stabbed in the back here a little bit by the yep. PGA. Um Obviously, a fair bit of money involved, so yeah, they've opened the door again. Yeah, so it's kind of worked out really well for 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 Live, and so they got so Live, the PGA, and the DP World Tour will be operating under one. That's kind awesome. Of, one kind of flag. That's awesome. Um, but I, I I do think if the the Saudi money comes across into into tennis, I actually think it'd be really cool because we've got a lot of very good players on the Chally. Well, this is one of the massive. The ITF this is one of the massive positives, right? Put put, us, put aside. You know the money coming from Saudi. Um, you know a lot of a lot of a lot of the um, all, a lot of the greenies saying is you know it's probably not the most the, the most morally correct decision. Yeah. Accepting money, but when you're talking about millions and millions, yeah, and, and, you know, and you're talking about a tour where everyone outside the top 80s either breaking even, struggling, or in the red. Yeah. You know, very, very tough for those challenger players to be making your money. That's a massive positive. It is. You it know? is. I um I think also on the other side of it, you get you know, you got guys like Messi, um, and all those guys that in soccer once they kind of finish up with the Premier League. Going and all on for of that, a cash grab. Well they do. And there's an option for them too. Whereas in tennis, like someone like Jack Sock, number eight in the world. Mm-hmm. One of the big dogs. He retires and goes on the goes the on pickle, the pickleball pickle world tour. I mean, come on! <laughs> one give, of the one yeah. of the best tennis players we've had. Give me a break, right? It's, pickleball. No, you know, thank you. You know, you know who, why pickleball was invented? For old people because yes. they can't move. Yes. Wait, that's great to watch. That's great. <laughs> we'll put them in a little box and they can hit a ball at each other until someone misses. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, like that's. That's a legitimate thing for Jack Sock. He's, he's obviously gone for the cash grab there. He's a great player. And, and I think he's also an, an investor. Well, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Whereas if, if we've got this live tennis tour or the equivalent, maybe you'd get guys like that that are a bit older, not looking to compete as much with the heavy schedule, bit of money over there, 
Definitely, exactly like what's happened in the golf. And then yeah. you're going to get guys in the Challenger Tour an opportunity to compete Play against for someone money. like that, yeah. Play yeah. against one of the big dogs. Not sure how they would set it up, whether they would distribute a lot of money from like, you know 100 to 250 in the world. Yeah. Um, I know that the ATP came out with this thing recently, potentially in pressure from, with the Saudi stuff too, is making the everyone up until the 250 a bit more guaranteed coin yeah and, they need and to a, and a bit of insurance in terms of injury and whatnot I don't yep. think it's heaps of money and reading a few articles I don't I think it only really affects a handful of people but it's a start and but you know if the Saudis come in and yeah throw in another competing tour that's going to wipe that out the window it'll be interesting it's going well, to be very interesting move on um, with this I know the ATP have spoken about on the Challenger Tour they don't want to increase prize money a lot no. Because they don't want players playing it for too long. They really want it to be a transitional tour. Yes. Whereas there is the the unfortunate situation where some players get there and they get stuck on that tour. They're not able to move up the rankings. They're not able to increase the prize money they get. They spend five to ten years on the Chally Tour and what do they have to show for the end of it? Not much. They're ranked 170 in the world with 30K in the bank. Yeah. And at, at you know, in their early 30s. Yeah, yeah, so... And then, unfortunately, having to start their like professional career and career again in something else. Yes, yeah, or or head through to coaching. Mm. Um, so it it doesn't leave a lot of pathways for them. So I think if there was another tour outside of that, it would give these boys a bit of a pathway, a bit of money, a bit of something that they can absolutely. do. Absolutely, absolutely. Because the um, ATP is not too interested in really boosting the prize money at that level. Okay, and and the losers out of this out of this merge. I was reading a couple of articles. Um, apparently the ATP tour on average make more money than the women. Mm. Um, Grand Slams, it's even, which mm-hmm. is great. I think in the US Open in particular, they've you know they've been advertising. It's been fifty years of equal pay. Awesome. So in the Grand Slam and top tier level, Indian Wells and whatnot, fifty years. It's even. Same time on court as yep. well per match. However, the men make a considerably a lot lot more money. From your two fifties and your five hundreds and yes. your one hundreds and uh, etc. So what they're a bit worried about is pushback from the male players because if they were to join in c- together the ATP and WTA tour, you would assume that they would have to split prize split money. prize money mm. right and make it even, which is fair. Yep. Um, especially if you're playing three sets, and they're worried they're gonna they're gonna get a little bit of pushback from the male players, of which. If you get if you're already getting pushback from the male players when you've merged and then a Saudi conglomerate comes in offers a bit of coin more money it's a no-brainer for the male players. Yeah. So I think the big losers out of this will probably be the ATP tour. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah. Anyway, it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be a a long way to go because obviously it's a it's a business thing at the end of the day as That's well. Right. So it'll be interesting to see which way it goes and where the players end up if the Saudis do get involved but I think the the decision to at least look at the future of tennis with the merger is, right. is awesome from these guys it shows that they are they're keen to keep the sport going yeah well I guess you got to think about like you you know they're getting that much it seems as they're getting a lot of pressure from Saudi yeah and the only way if they don't do anything about it both the ATP and WTA tour will probably shit the bed <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> with a lot of players, or at least know. just lose money. You know, just lose, lose a lot of money. money. And, yeah, just go downhill essentially. Yeah, or merge, 
try and form some kind of, you know, massive tour. Yeah. And compete against the Saudis, which is going to be tough to do, but it's possible. Possible. Um, are you calling merge or no merge? I, I think merge, to be honest. Yeah, me too. I think it's time for a change. Uh, yeah, it's been a long time that the WTA and ATP have been separate, and it's one of those sports where women do have the same pay. Yes. So, yep. like, you know, bring bringing them together, it kind of makes sense. Yep, for sure. For sure. So, yeah, I'm definitely going merge. I think it's going to benefit. The only people, I think both bosses and chairman of WTA and ATP are on board. They're hunting. But it's it's the it's the boards that they need to need to convince. Yeah. Need to convince. So before we uh before we wrap up, Jack, I do want to have a chat about the uh the NCAA Brutal. prize money. Brutal. We're scandal gonna, at the moment. We're gonna touch base on this in a later podcast, but just a quick yeah, quick mention. So uh players that play for the NCAA that are currently in college, they they can't accept prize money. They're, Unbelievable. Well, They're capped is... to 10000 per event, can only accept the prize money if it's paid by the sponsor of the event, and the amount that they accept cannot exceed the expenses that they've paid so you tell to me, enter and play in that event. So you're telling me, as a college athlete, if I qualify for the US Open and lose or win first round main, the 100000 bucks doesn't go to me? No, it does not. Um you got to forfeit that money. So Fiona Crawley <laughs> is in that situation. She's 21 years old, American girl. Qualied. Qualied. Yep. So Massive, massive effort. Yeah, awesome effort. So she played through, qualified, played Pavlyuchenkova in the first round. She earned 81000 US in prize money. Thanks for coming, but not. Uh, but no, no, I had <laughs> to give it all back. If she takes that money, it completely ruins her eligibility well, this in is college. A, this is, you know, an ongoing talking point, not just in tennis, but NFL... Um, in the basketball, basketball and all the NCAA competitions about uh, college athletes who are, you know, some of the best athletes in the world. Yeah. And bring in, as you can see from a lot of the home games and college games, hundreds of thousands of viewers, like watches in the stadium. Yeah. Some college football games are getting 100,000 people. Pack stadiums. On that, a bit of a tant detour, but the I think it was in Nebraska. They had a women's volleyball game, home game which exceeded the the biggest it is now currently the biggest live sporting event for a, for a women's sport any that women's is sporting awesome. event 110,000 wow 110 for a volleyball imagine the vibe the stadium imagine being in the nosebleeds for that that would be so cool anyway but yeah going back to the tennis side of things um Crawley unfortunately not being out of pocket her first round no. Earnings? No, money gone. Not um, sure whether it goes back to the USTA or whether she can claim it for her college or whether she can, yeah, s- not, you know, send it elsewhere. <laughs> I, I actually, from what what I've been reading, I, I think the US keeps the US Open keeps the money. USTA, right? Um, she takes nothing. The college takes nothing. The whole idea is that these at these colleges cannot make money from their athletes playing these events, so that they definitely don't get it, and athletes can't make money. All right. Well, hopefully, it goes to a char- charitable. Yeah, Pause. yeah, into the ATP WTA merger. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it's an interesting rule because you've got, like you said, the the college pathways producing players now, and uh, they can't cash in. Oh, it's you been... know you're, you're stuck a little bit. Well, this is one of the this is probably one of the only downsides to the college system. Right? We're going to have a I'm sure we're going to have a podcast possibly next week 
I'd love to do one on the college system. A big system. US college system because we've seen some very successful runs from the Aussies who are yeah. now on tour. Yeah. Well-established players on tour. So it's becoming more and more of a... You it's know, a legitimate pathway it's to It's a pros. legitimate pathway. It used, used to be almost a pathway. Now it is. Like, you go to college, you can become you're a pro a, player. Well, you're, getting a f- you're training full-time. You're getting a free education. It sounds pretty hectic. Yeah. Um, but you're with a team. You, you, you're hopefully surrounded by a good environment. So it's just, if you get into a good college, it's a, it's a win-win-win. Absolutely. Um, but we'll get back to that in a week's time. Sounds great to me. Before we go, Jack, I think we've got to do a quick, uh, who's going to win the US Open? I want to hear your call. Are you still with Novak? I'm going Ben Shelton for an upset. Ben Shelton for yeah. the upset? <laughs> it's just because I want it. I just want it pretty bad. Alcar- oh, it's tough, right? you got Alcaraz playing... Who, who do we He's say? He's playing Zverev. And Zverev. That's uh, tough. I, I think I'm going to go Zverev then. <laughs> Zverev, okay. He Zverev took, he took Sh- out my guy Sinner, so right, I'm like, he's we'll, playing good. We'll um, we'll we'll puck up for a Zverev Shelton final in a few <laughs> days' time. <laughs> All right, thanks, Swizzle. And uh, women's side, women's side. Uh, you know, I'm I'm all on the hype train at the moment. I'm going, going Coco. Coco. By the way, just on that co- the the dream of the doubles, done, done. Unfortunately, but yeah, singles. Let's go, Coco. I'm gonna Team go. Coco. I'm gonna go Coco there as well. All right, lovely, mate. We'll um. Good chat. Thanks for joining me on an early Thursday morning. That's it. Is it Thursday? <laughs> it's Thursday. <laughs> Tough to keep up with days at the moment. Um, yeah, let's go Coco. Let's go Coco. See you later.